to have their name written today. Father, we're thankful and we're, we're grateful today that you walk with us, Father, knowing that if you walk with us, we can't get lost, Father. We'll always get to our destination. Father, we're even more grateful that you talk to us because if you're talking to us, then Satan can't lie to us. And so, Father, we just worship you today. We honor your presence. We know that where the presence of the Lord is, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, our pleasure is forevermore. We honor your spirit here today. Have your way. Lead, guide, direct, instruct, reprove, rebuke, announce, reveal. Show us things to come. Give us revelation knowledge from the word of God. And my prayer is that that word will be deposited into the good ground, the good heart of every soul listening today. And it will produce some 30, some 60, but some will walk out with 100-fold production because of the condition of their heart as they hear. And Father, I yield. I have decreased only because you have increased. It is less of me and more of you. I declare that my tongue is connected to my spirit and I speak as I ought to speak the oracles of God. And Father, grant me the ability to do it with simplicity. You said with all of our getting that we should get an understanding. And so my prayer is not one person will walk out of here not having understood what they heard. And Father, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that'll come from it. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Go ahead and slap two or three people a great big high five. Tell them God bless you. Let them know you're glad to see them. And then you can be seated. You know my name. That was a wonderful job today by our music department. They do a wonderful job every week. Well, let's just thank God. Wonderful job setting the atmosphere, setting the table on today. I know that this is a holiday weekend, and so I won't be uh, up here before you long, but I do have some very important information to share with you all by the Holy Spirit. We're really taking this summer to talk about the Holy Spirit. In the first couple of weeks, we just wanted to really examine from the scriptures, were there two different experiences? Were there, was there a salvation experience, and then was there a baptism in the Holy Spirit? Experience, And I think we learned from that that those, those are two separate experiences. And then from that, we wanted to examine, really, what was the initial outpouring? When Jesus told them in Luke chapter 24 to go to Jerusalem and wait until they be endued or clothed with power from on high, we wanted to look at, well, what really happened? What was that initial outpouring? And last uh, time I was up, we looked at really three different ways that it initially came out. And one of the ways that they knew it was the Holy Spirit was that they prayed in other tongues. And so today I want to look at, so we're continuing the Spirit-filled believer, but today I want to look at valuing praying in other tongues. What you'll find in a lot of our churches, you'd be hard-pressed to turn on a television show, go into church, and find teaching about tongues. You're seeing that begin to leak right out of the church. I mean, it was never God's will for that to leak out of the church. And we've gotten into a lot of other things uh, that are good, but how many know it's really nothing greater than the thing that, things that God says is best for us? And one of those is being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so if you'll go to the YouVersion Bible app and click on the events section, whether you're watching online or, or physically in this service, 
uh, the outline will be right there. Click on Linked Up Church and you'll see the outline. But I'll give you so much more than what's on that outline because my heart's desire is that you participate with your learning. You take notes, you add notes to what's already written so that you can personally grow. I want to challenge you to never believe anything that I tell you without examining it for yourself. I just wouldn't today. I don't care who's talking. I'm not believing it until I examine it and investigate it for myself. So that's your purpose for taking your own notes and adding notes to that. In our intro today, there is more to being filled with the Holy Spirit than speaking in tongues. Since speaking in an unknown language is the initial evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit that we learn from Acts chapter 2 verse 4, it is an integral part of receiving the Holy Spirit. Speaking in tongues is also an essential part of the believer's devotional prayer life. So what I'm talking about today is not the gifts of the Spirit. I'm talking about using tongues in your devotional prayer life. That's what we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks. And where, where people confuse that is because they don't know when it's talking about your personal prayer life and when it's talking about the gift of tongues with the interpretation. And they mix all of that up together. What I'm talking about today is your personal prayer time, your personal devotion time. Every believer should have a daily devotion time. I said every believer should have a daily devotion time. That consists of time in the Word of God and time in prayer every single day. One of the greatest ways to start your day, gift to yourself, is to get up and spend time in devotion before God before you start your day. That puts you ahead of your day, and then the Holy Spirit can show you everything that's coming and then also show you how to maneuver around it. How I many know if you wait to pray on the back of the day, how I many know now you're reacting instead of being proactive? So we're talking about your personal devotional time uh, here in tongues with all of the verses that we will read today. Speaking in tongues is also an essential part of the, the believer's devotional prayer life. The Apostle Paul said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. And he's writing this letter to the church at Corinth, and he's saying to all of the believers in Corinth, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. I want to have a transparent moment here. I can tell you that 90% of my prayer time is in other tongues. Let me tell you why. Because you will exhaust praying in English. And the reality is we don't know everything that's going on about someone's life, about our life. I mean, we need to tap into something deeper and more broad than what we can bring to the table. And the way I can get an hour to two hours in is the first part is in English, but the rest of it is in other tongues. And I'm praying out God's perfect will for that situation. All right. And so in our personal uh, devotional times, this is an essential part of it because to get your full time in, you'll need to add this to it. So in writing to the church at Corinth, Paul specifically encouraged Christians to follow the practice of speaking with tongues in their private prayer lives. Everybody say private. You should not be doing this out in public, specifically around people who are not saved. 
trying to show how deep you are. A lot of times it brings more confusion than it does help people. All right, and you're going to hear balance over the next couple of weeks because if we, we don't understand the why or the purpose of something, then we're going to abuse it. Right, and we certainly won't value it if we don't understand why we need to value it. Right, so we're going to look at that, and I, I guarantee you before we finish these next couple of weeks, you will see the value of this, you'll understand the purpose, it will answer your why, and you will make this an essential part of your prayer life. Now, we're going to look at one reason today, and I'm not going to attempt to get through all of it. I want to take my time here. I literally looked up every single word in the Greek uh, when we get to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 so that I can get a better understanding of it to share with you all. It blessed me thoroughly. I believe it will bless you all on today. Number one, let's look at it for devotional use. Point number one, devotional use. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and let's read verses 1 and verse 2. If I was you, I'd keep my spirit wide open. I would not make the assumption that I know this or I've heard this before. I would keep my spirit wide open so I can learn something new. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 and 2 says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, which we'll talk about when we finish the devotional side of it, but especially that you may prophesy. Prophesying is speaking forth the mind and counsel of God. Prophecy is equal to the Word of God. So I'm prophesying to you right now by reading the Word of God to you. If I said to you, you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you, I just prophesied to you because prophecy is speaking the mind and counsel of God, and it's equal to the Word of God. So what you can see he's setting up here, tongues is for you and your private relationship with God. Prophecy is for the people that he'll use you to speak to. Everybody clear on that? Let's read verse 2. Verse 2 says, For he who speaks... That word speaks there means talks or utters words. In a tongue does not speak, talk, or utter words to man but to God. For no one understands him, howbeit or however in the spirit he speaks mysteries. This word mysteries in the Greek can be defined as secrets. How I many know there's some secrets that God wants to share with you about your life? that only he knows. He wants to unlock some things in your life to get you to the place of victory that you always dreamed about. He's not withholding these secrets from you. He's actually withholding them for you if you'll discipline yourself long enough to pray them out. Spend enough time so he can share them with you. I mean, no, I'm not going to have an intimate relationship with my wife if I don't spend time talking to her for an extended period of time. Then she unlocks secrets to me. She tells me the keys to her heart as I spend time with her intimately. Is that accurate, ladies? So I want to pull something out here. Notice he said in verse 2, he speaks not unto men, but unto God. He speaks not unto men, but unto God. A lot of the churches I went to early on, everyone just did this just to be doing it. 
as if it was a measure of spiritual maturity. And I'm trying to tell you, there are a lot of people who pray in other tongues and ain't nothing holy about their lives. Come on, somebody help me today. Nothing holy about their lives. And it's become such a ridiculed subject that comedians use it to make jokes all over television today. So he says he's not speaking to men, he's speaking to God. So then we're not talking to men when we speak in an unknown tongue, talking about your personal devotional life. We're not talking to men, we are talking to God. So in other words, God has given us a divine means by which we can speak to him supernaturally. Listen to this very carefully. Christians have gotten to a place today where they ask the question, is all of that necessary? Does it take all of that? And I came to tell you today emphatically, yes. God desires to give you a language that is different from the world. He's trying to give you an ability to operate on a supernatural level that the world has no access to so he can show the world the difference between his children and their children. Why wouldn't he give us something greater? But we ask the question, does it take all of that? And I'm telling you, it does and some. Now, when I first gave my life to Christ, there was a Bible out, study Bible out, in 26 different translations. And one of the translations that always caught my attention was Moffitt's translation. I don't know if anybody even remembers that book that was out. And this is what Moffitt said about that same phrase, in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Moffitt's translation says he speaks divine secrets. And so what I want you all to understand is God knows how to get you debt free. God knows how to get you married. God knows how to fix your marriage. Come on, if you knew, how I many know you'd have it done by now? But you don't know. So that means there's something locked away for you that if you'll spend enough time praying and birthing it out, he'll reveal it to you so that you can walk in what it is you're desiring from him. Remember, it's not a secret to God. It is a secret to you. And God hid it away for you if you'll discipline yourself enough to pray long enough, have enough of an intimate relationship to birth that thing out. I believe this with all of my heart. The reason no man can understand you when you pray in other tongues is because you're talking divine secrets with the Father. See, somebody that, that you're close to and you want to share something with that's meaningful with, I mean, you're getting ready to tell everybody else to, to hold on for a minute. Let me talk to them individually. Because there's something you want to share with them that you don't want anybody else to know about. I came to tell you, folks, there's something God wants to share with you that he doesn't want anybody else to know about. And it's between you and him. And when everyone else sees the results of it, they will know that only God could have shared something like that with you. Come on, I need a better amen in this place today. Yeah. 
I believe one of the primary reasons Satan fights this so hard is because he can't understand you either. And what he doesn't want is you having a conversation with God that he can't get in on. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen today. But that's exactly what God has given us. See, when he can't get in on the conversation, he can't cut you off at the pass. He doesn't know what you're doing. He's now reacting instead of being proactive. By the time he figured it out, you already got the blessing. Come on, somebody. God literally wants to sit down with you and share things with you that are strictly between you and him. So many people get all excited. If I can just have a conversation with my mentor, if I can just have a conversation with Bill Gates, if I can have a, just have a conversation with this celebrity or that celebrity, I'm telling you, that's not the conversation that you want. If you can just sit down and have a conversation with God, God would unlock secrets and mysteries that are just between you and him that will get you places that you always dreamed about arriving at. Now, I want to show you an illustration today. I saw this on uh, Good Morning America, and it just tickled me. And it's really a conversation between a father and a son that nobody else can get, on, get in on. It's really adding a little humor to this message to show you really the, the intimacy between a father and his child, how they can have a conversation that no one else can get in on. Show the clip. can tell that child he's not having a conversation with his father and no one can tell that father he doesn't understand everything that his child is saying I notice that is a conversation between a father and his child that can't nobody else get in on let's look at point number A today point number A or letters not a number Letter A today, point A. Is there any value in speaking divine secrets with God? Is there any value in speaking divine secrets with God? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to answer that for you again, emphatically, yes. Is there any value 
in speaking divine secrets with God. Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we'll start reading at verse 6. Now, I'm getting ready to give you a lot more than what you see on that outline, so please add your notes to that because I literally looked up every single word because I wanted to fully understand it. I've always believed it simply the way it was taught to me. I didn't investigate and examine that further. I mean, when you investigate it and examine it further, you get more revelation. Now it becomes your revelation and not you trying to live off somebody else's revelation. All right? Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, of course, we don't start at verse 6, verses 1 through 5. Paul is just telling the Corinthians, you know, when I came to you, I really claimed that I didn't know anything save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And his desire was not to preach or teach to them with enticing words of man's wisdom. Remember man's wisdom because he's going to go back and forth with that. But he said, I wanted to really preach and teach in demonstration and in power so that you would not stand in the wisdom of man but you would stand in the power of God. And really, that's going to be our battle and our struggle for the rest of our lives. Will we listen to the wisdom of man, or will we listen to the wisdom of God? Because how many of you know there are a lot of voices in our earth today? And we're all listening to somebody. Now, let's pick it up at verse 6. Verse 6 says, however, we speak wisdom. This word wisdom here is Sophia. And it's referring to higher or lower wisdom. Higher wisdom is always referring to God. Lower wisdom is always referring to man. And you'll see he goes back and forth throughout this entire context. And based off of whether or not he's talking about God, that's higher wisdom. If he's talking about man, it's referring to lower wisdom. Let's keep reading here. He says here, however we speak wisdom, Sophia, higher or lower wisdom among those who are mature. Everyone say mature. Now he's going to show you the difference between maturity and immaturity in this text. I mean, a lot of people attend church, but that does not mean they're mature Christians. Right? He's getting ready to really show us the difference here spiritually. He says, among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, lower wisdom, the wisdom of the world, nor of the rulers, the chief rulers or magistrates of this age. So they're going to be kings. They're going to be successful people. A whole lot of people are going to have a lot of information to share. How I many know it's never higher than God's wisdom? All right, let's keep reading here. He says here, of this age who are coming to nothing. So whatever it is that they share with you, how I many know eventually it has an end date on it? The wisdom that comes from God is eternal. Today, believers will read a lot of self-help books, and they'll read all of that stuff more than they read the Bible. I mean, there's a danger in reading self-help books and all of these success stories and all of this stuff. When you read that more than you read the Bible, how I many know you are now relying on man's wisdom and not God's wisdom? The thing about man's wisdom is that it's here today and gone tomorrow. It can get you to the top, but it can't necessarily keep you there. You never want to let your gift or talent take you somewhere that your character cannot keep you. When it comes from God, you'll get to the top, but you'll also stay at the top. I mean, there are a lot of fly-by-night overnight successes. There are a lot of people that we're saying today, where are they now? Whatever happened to such and such. But when you get wisdom from God, you'll get there and you'll stay there and it'll last throughout all of eternity. 
So he goes on to say here, it's coming to nothing. Verse 7 says, but we speak the wisdom of God, notice the same language here, in a mystery. Now, the entire book of 1 Corinthians is one book. Man put chapter and verse in there to help us find it. So a lot of times, Paul is talking about the exact same thing earlier in the letter or later on in the letter, but it's all within the same context. Remember that because you're going to hear that and see that rhythm throughout the next couple of weeks. So he goes on to say here in verse 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery or a secret. Watch this now. Same thing we just read over in 1 Corinthians 14. The hid hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages or before the world for our glory. So that means before you were ever born, God put wisdom in the world wisdom in the earth and that wisdom was for your glory now this is, I know can I say it the wisdom was there so that you never had to mess up in life he never intended for you to have horrible relationships Go through all of the stuff that we go through and then run to him for him to fix it up. He put it in the earth with a heart and a purpose for you to discover it so that it will help you avoid all of the pitfalls of this life. That's God's best for your life. Don't get in condemnation if you miss some of that because he's a redeeming God and he's a restoring God. So he knows how to get back to you everything that you lost before this wisdom hits you. Verse 8. So notice, it's for your glory. It's just when you get to glory and God lifts you higher, why don't you deflect it and say, God, I want to give you all the glory for what you've done in my life. But it's for your glory. Now watch this. But as it is written... I has not seen. So there's some things, folks, that your eye, that God, there's some secrets he wants to share with you about things that your eyes haven't even seen yet. I came to tell you today that you have not lived your best life yet. And wherever, wherever you are right now, it, it, that doesn't even scratch the surface on where God intends for you to be. Where God intends for you to be, your eyes have not even seen it yet. So he says, but as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard. Your ear hasn't even heard yet the secrets and the mysteries that God wants to share with you about your future. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man. It hasn't even entered into your heart yet. Where's that going to come from? I spent enough time in prayer. My eyes will begin to see. My ears will begin to hear. And it will drop into my heart. What? The things which God has prepared for those who love him. Notice, has prepared is past tense. Come on, there's a husband out there that is prepared for you. There is a wife out there that is prepared for you. 
There is a job, a career, an occupation out there that has your name on it. There is a home out there that has your name on it. There is transportation out there that has your name on it. God never designed you to struggle in life. But he already, any good parent is going to prepare a life for their children. Verse 10. Now, but God has revealed, past tense, but God has revealed, past tense. You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you to get off of social media. Come on, come on, come on. Stop binge watching on all your favorite shows. Come on, push that plate back and say, God, I'm not coming out until you show me what my future is in this area. Come on, somebody. Notice, but God has revealed. That word revealed means a very important word here. It literally means to disclose. It means to take the cover off. But notice how he's revealed it or disclosed it or taken the cover off. He reveals it to us through his spirit. Notice his spirit is capitalized. It's not through your spirit. It's through his spirit. You're not going to learn these things in self-help books. Matter of fact, there's no man that could have told us how to get here. Only God could have. And I've never done it before, so I know I don't know what I'm doing. Sometimes one of the best places you can be in is when you're at the end of yourself. And you say, God, if you don't show me, it will not get done. So as long as you're steady running out there doing it because you think you know everything and you've got everything under control, you keep getting your results. But God has revealed them. He's taken the cover off. He's disclosed them to us through his spirit. The only way I'm going to get this is through the spirit. Is that an accurate statement? I'm not going to get this going to church. I'm going to get this in my prayer time, spending intimate time with the Father, and he's unlocking secrets and mysteries about my life. All right, let's keep reading. But God has revealed, to us, revealed them to us for the spirit searches. That word searches means to seek and to investigate all things. Yes, the deep things. Deep there means the extent, the depth, and the mystery. Things of God. How I many know when you allow the spirit to get involved, he can see things that you can't see? How I many know he's always going to go a little deeper than you will? We're usually on the surface level. But when you meet him or you meet her, you need to go back and ask the father, did you send them into my life or is this just me? Because somebody know he'll know the full extent and the depth of who that person really is, and he'll reveal that to you, not to hurt the other person, but to protect you and so that you will know how to pray for the other person. Come on, I'm preaching better than you all saying amen, right? Because this will help you avoid 85 wrong relationships. And everyone is the one God brought into your life. Come on, we need to stop lying on God when this stuff don't work out. 
We need to go back and tell people, no, God didn't send them into my life. That was all me. Right? We need to stop that. The car that God blessed me with that's been repossessed. We need to stop that and go back and tell people, God did not bless me with that car. I was in the flesh. I bought a car that I couldn't afford, and it got repossessed. We need to stop that. Come on over my house that God blessed me with, and now it's in foreclosure. We need to go back and tell those same people, no, God did not bless me with that house. I bought a house that I couldn't afford, and now it's in foreclosure. That was all me. God had nothing to do with that. Right? Because the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and it adds no sorrow to it. Come on, if God gave it to you, then you would have paid it off. Come on, somebody. You'd still be with them if it came from God. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? So you pray enough in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is going to search deeper than you ever will. That's why I took three and a half years before I married my wife. Folks will meet people tomorrow. Three months from now. One thing about the Spirit, he's a gentleman. And he's patient. How many know anytime it's a rush, it's your flesh. And I'm not getting a lot of love or help or support or anything in here. Maybe this side of, I said the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's going to grab you by the hand and lead you gently, slowly, patiently. Your flesh and Satan is always pushing. Hurry up. Hurry up. You don't marry them now. They won't be there two weeks from now. You need to let them go. If they won't be there two weeks from now, that's probably a good thing for you. And if you'd have prayed enough about that, the Holy Spirit would have showed you what their real motives were. But sometimes people will say whatever they think you want them to say. Because it's not really about your beauty. It's about your booty. And they will lift their hands and they will praise God. Come on, somebody. They might even shaka ma ta ta pa shika ta ta ta. But they praying in the whole. They praying in a spirit, but that spirit ain't holy at all. I didn't see them do all of that. I seen them come down, answer the altar call, get on a dream team. Come on, I seen them do all of that. They'll go through everything just to get the booty. And then, pew, gone. We ain't seen them since then. Somebody didn't pray long enough. They didn't let the Spirit go deep enough. They didn't let the Spirit of God investigate that long enough. See, because it's hard for people to sustain wrong over an extended period of time. You give, you give stuff enough time, it'll show you what it is. That's why I don't worry about people talking about me. You give stuff enough time, you'll see it for what it is. 
And I always tell people, you should measure what people tell you about me based off of the fruit you see God producing in my life. Watch this now. And then go back and look at the fruit God is producing in their lives, and it'll help you understand why they have so much time to talk about me. Don't pay no attention to that. You all want a little bit more of this today? How many of y'all glad again you came to church today? All right, let's get a little bit more in. Verse 11, for what man, now he's not talking about me as a man. He's talking about a human being or mankind, male or female. All right? So what, for what human being knows the things of a human being except the spirit of the human being, which is in him? So the simple way to, to really define that for you, your spirit knows you. You'll notice S there is lowercase. So your spirit knows you. So you don't want to spend time relying on just what your spirit is telling you. Because there could be a lot of baggage there, a lot of low self-esteem, a lot of bad previous experiences, a lot of what you can't do present in your own spirit. So your spirit knows you. Everybody say, my spirit knows me. All right, let's keep reading. For what man, verse 11, human being, knows the things of a man, human being, except the spirit of the human being, which is in the human being? Even so, no one knows the things of God, uppercase S, except the spirit of God. So notice, the Holy Spirit is what knows about the things of God. And what you need is the Holy Spirit to speak to your spirit. Everybody still with me out here? Because if you're only listening to yours, you're going to miss it. So if I'm not spending enough time praying, I'm not trusting then what I'm hearing. You don't want to go chasing voices. All right, let's keep reading here. So, so, so there's nothing that knows God but the Spirit of God, the things of God except the Spirit of God. So notice it said the things of God. Now let's back up, right? He said that there's some things that God has prepared, things for us because we love him. There's nothing that knows where those things are but the Spirit of God. So if I don't spend enough time with the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit can't reveal to my spirit those secrets. Which means I'm just living a natural, normal life. And I'm not living the supernatural life that God has for me. Folks, you are not a flesh being having a natural experience. You are a spiritual being having a spiritual, supernatural experience in a natural world. There is a difference. What happens to them does not have to happen to you. Let's keep reading here. Verse 12. Now, we have received... Well, even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God, verse 12. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world. World there is lowercase w there, and it's a Greek word, cosmos. 
And he's really talking about a system or an orderly arrangement of things. And he says, we haven't received the spirit of the world. See, the spirit of the world will always tell you that you cannot buy anything without debt. The Holy Spirit will tell you, owe no man nothing but to love him. The spirit of the world will tell you, why would you tithe and give your money to that church? Why would you do that? But yet will tell you to tithe to the liquor store, the cigarette store, the nail salon, the hair salon. Come on, somebody. Every, you tithe every single week. See how ignorant that is? Holy Spirit will always tell you to honor me with at least 10% of everything that I've blessed you with. Everything that you have has come from me. And when you honor me with it, I'll increase what you give me and multiply it and make it even more in your life. And I'll give you divine protection. I'll, I won't allow the enemy to eat up anything that rightfully belongs to you. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will not touch you or your possessions. That's what the Holy Spirit will tell you. So he says here, we have not received the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world will tell you it's okay to sleep with them before you get married. You got to test drive the car before you buy it anyway. The Holy Spirit will tell you to save yourself until you get married. The Holy Spirit will tell you to flee fornication. Every sin that a man does is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, which you have of God? For you are not your own, for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your spirit and your body. The Holy Spirit will tell you to glorify God with your body, not shame God with your body. And if I was in a spirit-filled church, I would have got a better amen for that truth right there. Verse 12. For we have not received the spirit of the world, but notice the spirit who is from God, capital S, that we might know, be aware, and understand the things that have been freely given to us by God. You see how many times he's repeating this? Folks, I came to tell you today, life is not as difficult as you're making it. If you'll just slow down long enough to spend enough time with God, you can bypass a whole lot of these pitfalls. These things we also speak, in verse 13, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. If you understand what he just says, you're going to have two voices in your head your whole life. Man's wisdom and the Holy Spirit. Depending on which one is, has more control in your life, that's the one you listen to. We have to even be careful with the stuff our grandparents and sometimes our parents told us. Honey, when you get married, you better keep you a little slush fun. Don't you, what are you talking about? One flesh, putting both of your, your putting both money, putting two, putting your money in his bank account. 
What if he leave you? How many know they're planting seeds already to prepare to keep your house divided? That is not wisdom from God. Wisdom from God is that the two become one. See, where'd you get that from? That's called living a second life. There's no way I'm going to let him know everything. I got stuff stashed all kind of places he don't know nothing about. And all of that stuff is just tearing the fabric and foundation of your marriage up. Because it's man's wisdom. How many of y'all know I don't preach for offerings? Because I sure wouldn't say the stuff I'm saying right now. I preach because I love you. And I love you enough to tell the truth. See, all this stuff we're making life decisions behind. And it didn't come from God. So these things we also speak. Not in the words which man's wisdom, Sophia, lower wisdom, teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Now watch this. Talking to mature people. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. A mature person is always going to examine what someone tells them against the word of God. For themselves. They're not just, you know how many times people have told other people that, the Lord told me that's your husband. Man, listen, I'm not getting ready to marry nobody that you said the Lord told you was for me until I get in enough prayer. Come on, somebody. There are people that have moved across states, come on, gone and done stuff based off of something somebody else told them that God told them to tell them. And you don't know for yourself that God told you that? Listen, fire me, do whatever you got to do. Get rid of me, do whatever you got to do. But I'm not doing anything that you said God told you to tell me to do until I go spend enough time with God for myself and he confirms in me what you said he told you about me. If God doesn't confirm it, then I'm putting it up on the shelf and I don't care what you think about that. A lot of lives messed up today following man's wisdom. All right, now let's, uh, and then I'll wrap this up. Just this portion of it. I'm just going to stop here and unplug. Now, notice what he says here. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. What does that mean? Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. I'm going to teach you something here today as I close, just this portion of it. A mature person is going to compare spiritual things to spiritual things. All right? Put John chapter 1, verse 1 up there for me. John 1, 1. St. John chapter 1, verse 1. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in other words, anything I believe the Holy Spirit has given me should be consistent with the Word of God. Put St. John chapter 6, verse 63 up on the screen. 
St. John chapter 6, verse 63 says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Which means if it came from the Holy Spirit, it's going to produce life and I can support it in the Word of God. So when somebody comes up to me, single person, and says that they want to talk to me, I can compare them to the Word of God to know whether or not God sent them into my life to produce more life, hello somebody, or to take away from me. It's real simple. If they're trying to sleep with me, God didn't send them into my life. Come on, it's real simple. If they're cussing, lying, cheating, trying to get money by any means necessary, they don't want to be accountable, don't want to let anybody know where they're at, don't want you to touch their phone. Every time their phone rings, it's a private situation. Come on, they want to live something separate from me. I can compare that to the Word of God and know that God didn't send that into my life. Come on, if it's going to put me in debt and send me further back and it's going to put me in a position, I don't care what that salesperson says, if I cannot afford it, God is not using this person to try to sell something to me. A spiritually mature person will compare spiritual things with spiritual things. How many of you know you can't get tricked out here that way? There are things that I've seen with people that, man, I wish they would have came and talked to me first. Why could I see it and they couldn't see it? I could see that joker a mile away. I knew he was a pimp. But how many of y'all know you got to let grown folks be grown folks? Because guess what I've learned? They're going to do it anyway, anyway. But why could I see that and they couldn't? Spiritual person is going to compare spiritual things with spiritual things. The moment they start crossing lines, it should have been clear God didn't send them into my life. Only time they come to church is when you go. They have no interest in serving in the church. It's an argument every time we talk about giving. Sure is quiet in here today. See, what I'm trying to get you out of is just going to church. I'm trying to teach you how to have a personal relationship with God so you can avoid all this stuff. First John chapter 5, verse 7. It's good stuff. I'm out of time. First John chapter 5, verse 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are what? So the Holy Spirit is never going to contradict God or the Word of God. The Word of God will never contradict the Holy Spirit or God. All three of them must agree for me to move forward with this. All right, I'll close with this last verse. Help you understand it a little better. Verse 14 says, But the natural... Man, mankind, human being. That word natural is a Greek word that means sensual. See, sometimes you can see people so far away because they lead with their bodies. Something I try to teach my daughter, never lead with your body. 
Lead with your spirit and your mind and let your body follow. Because if you use your body to get them, you'll have to use your body to keep them. And there's always somebody with a better body than yours. And if that's the motivation, soon as yours, they didn't been there, done that, they looking for the next trick. We all grown folks in here. I said we're all grown folks in here. I just feel like I made the devil so mad today. Can we can we just give God a great big hallelujah in this place? Come on, somebody just praise God like you don't have no sense for a moment. I'm, I'm going to give you all grown folk messages from here on out. Let me finish this. See, when they come up here, they're sending me a message. And their message is, wrap that up, Pastor. But the natural, the sensual man. See, this is the person that will only operate based off of what they can touch, taste, smell, see, and hear. That's a sensual person. Watch this now. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. It's talking to Christians. I mean, a lot of Christians come to church and don't listen to God because they're sensual. They're natural. Why are you looking at me in that tone? <laughs> Why won't they receive the things of the Spirit of God? For they are foolishness to that human being. Nor can that human being know them. That means understand. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned. You know what the word discern means? They won't investigate. They won't scrutinize. They won't ask questions. They won't examine it for themselves. What I'm trying to tell you is, I would not today, listen, we're in the last days. We're in the end of days. I wouldn't listen to anybody today that I didn't examine and scrutinize and investigate from the word of God for myself. Watch this. Including Pastor Joel Gregory. This is where I'm at today. If your mouth is moving, I'm not listening to you. I hear you, but I'm not listening until I'll examine it and investigate it for myself. And then when I know it for myself, I'll believe it and act on it, not because you told me, but because I believed it and I investigated and I examined it for myself. Now it's my revelation and not me trying to live off of your revelation. That's the difference between a spiritually mature person and a spiritually immature person. A spiritually immature person believes everything that everyone tells them. A spiritually mature person, that person is spiritually discerned. The spiritually mature person will examine it for themselves. God will never, ever tell you not to honor him with what he's blessed you with. Never. God will never tell you to sleep with someone you are not married to. 
Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm in church. Thank you. That's one person. In church. God is never instructing me to divorce my wife. Never. When he described himself as a covenant-keeping God. God is not showing me somebody that might be a better option than my wife. I mean, I know that's Satan pulling you away. I'm done. You all get anything out of this today? I'm just going to unplug right there. Let's all stand to our